4, Mark chapter 4. And we've got Matt Simpson joining us again today, um, preaching for us, which is fantastic. Um, so thanks for being with us, Matt. And how about I pray as we read the Word and as we look at um, the Bible together. Loving Father, we give you great thanks that we can sit under your Word now. Thank you for what Matt has prepared to share with us. And Lord, we pray that you would speak through him. Lord, give us ears to hear and um, hearts to believe. In Jesus' name, amen. It's Mark chapter 4, verse 1. It's the parable of the sower. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake, while all people were along the shore and at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky places where it did have not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some a 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, Everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like the seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Good morning, everyone. Uh, if I've never met you before, my name's Matt. 
Let's check that that's on. I might click that off. And um, if I haven't met you before, uh, I have a, a great privilege of being at Southern Cross Uni in Lismore and uh, opening up the Bible with uni students there. Uh, it's a wonderful privilege to have that, especially in um, the culture of today. And uh, every month, well, sort of every month, we put out this um, email newsletter just to say, this is what's happening, please pray for us with some prayer points. Uh, if you'd like to get information on that, um, I might leave that up on the table out there and then just let you pass it on some time. Great. And, um, yeah, my wife Jasmine and our daughters uh, sent an apology for not being here this morning. Uh, the church that we're part of in Lismore called uh, Southern Cross Presley Church has got like a birthday celebration thing, so I don't think they wanted to miss out on the cake. So uh, <laughs> they're not here. And, uh, but I am, but that, and that's wonderful. And so, yeah, thanks for uh, having us for the last, this week and last week to uh, open up the Bible with you. Uh, it's been great, and um, we've got uh, a wonderful passage to look at ahead. Let's pray uh, as we look at that. Let's talk to God. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your word, the Bible. We thank you that through your word you speak to us. And so, Father, we do pray, as Les prayed before, that you would give us ears to hear, minds to receive, and hearts that uh, are changed, uh, convicted by your word, so that we live in response to your son, Jesus, and what he's done for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I still remember the words of my uh, lecturer at the wonderful Southern Cross University in Lismore. Actually, I actually went to uni in Lismore at, at SCU, and uh, it was the first day of classes in this lecture theatre, and the professor said from the very start, now, listen up. I have to do my best professor on my voice. Listen up. Get a look at the person sitting next to you because in this subject, every second person will fail. It was one of the hardest subjects I think I've ever uh, done. It was anatomy and physiology. You had to remember like everything uh, about the human body. And it was, it was, I think it was nearly impossible. But that's what his warning was. Look at the person next to you because every second person will fail. The person sitting next to me looked so much more intelligent than me. Uh, they, he was even wearing glasses. <laughs> and, I, and I looked at him and went, oh, uh oh, I'm in trouble. Uh, the professor went on to say that to avoid failing the unit, we needed to do at least 10 hours of study per week. That's a lot, isn't it? 10 hours a week? Uh, that was on top of the assessments and that kind of thing. So what did I do? Well, I did what uh, every uni student does and I coasted through the semester and then I crammed everything the night before the exam. It's not the best idea for one of the most difficult subjects, I think, that uh, is going around. And so I came to the exam and I struggled to remember whether the bone in my arm is my femur or my... I don't know, Bob, you can tell me what it is later, but you know, I, there you go, it's obviously rubbed off. I, I was struggling in the exam. I didn't listen very well. Now, as we have a look at this parable, this earthly story that has a heavenly reality that Jesus tells in Mark's Gospel, uh, it's all about listening. But not just how to listen, how to listen well. It's an important parable, this one of the four soils. And some have even said that this parable, this uh, earthly story that reveals a heavenly reality, seems to be essential for understanding all of Jesus' parables. I'm not sure if I'd go that far in saying that, but it certainly is one 
That's important uh, because it's all about listening well to Jesus and his word and listening well to Jesus versus not listening well to Jesus. It really is a, a much greater matter than a pass or a fail in some uni subject because in the end, really, listening well to Jesus is what matters. And so the question that we need to ask ourselves this morning is, am I listening well? Is there anything that's stopping me from listening to Jesus? Because you see, making sure that we listen well, it really is the difference between life and death itself. And so in the words of my professor, listen up, listen up. And let's see what it means to listen well to Jesus. Now as we work through this uh, parable, there might be an outline on the a handout that you were given at the door. We're going to be looking at three things. You're going to have a look at the parable itself, the, the earthly story that Jesus tells uh, that reveals a heavenly reality. And we're going to have a look at the point of the parable, what's the purpose of it. And then we're going to have a look at the punchline, what it means for us. So the parable, the point, and the punchline. Uh, this morning's sermon is brought to you by the letter P. Now, uh, that's what's ahead as we kind of work through uh, Mark chapter 4. Now, up in... To this stage in Mark's account of Jesus, Jesus has been going around doing some wonderful things. He's been going around calling people to follow him, to obey him. He's been going around healing people, healing the sick. And obviously there's a big crowd that's growing and that's why they're there. Many have followed Jesus. People have come to him after town, after town, after town. But really it was because of his healing power. Some have thought of ways to try and kill him. Uh, even some of his friends have thought that he's the craziest dude on earth. He's just a lunatic. And so throughout Mark's account, there are these different responses that people have to listening to Jesus and to responding to his authority. But now Jesus actually speaks of uh, the different responses that people have to him, uh, the different ways that people listen to him. And so it's a parable about a farmer, as we see there, who is scattering seed. There's a picture of Farmer John up on the screen. Uh, if that helps you. In verse 3, uh, it says this, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so they did not bear grain. Still, this is where the rubber hits the road, still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60 or even 100 times. Now Jesus has gone on earlier to say that future, the future life is going to be with him. But not everyone responds to that authority. Not everyone responds to what Jesus has said. Not everyone has listened to what Jesus has said. And so here we get the different responses that people have to Jesus and what he says. But a story, really, without an explanation, I think it's a bit unclear. It's often like someone telling a joke, but then just kind of forgetting the punchline. And it's just all that awkward moment where you don't know whether to laugh. <laughs> You forgot the punchline. I'm just going to stand here and tell you, tell me. Uh, it's something I'm good at doing, I've been told. But Jesus doesn't leave the people that he's talking to in the dark. He gives the, 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 uh, the punchline. Uh, he provides the meaning of the parable. Uh, he doesn't leave us guessing about 
these different responses that people have to him. And Jesus goes on to give an explanation there uh, of the farmer who sows a seed and it's down there uh, in verse 14. So just pick it up from verse 13 where Jesus uh, says to his disciples, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? And here's the meaning. The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. And as soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, well, they hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. And so, when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, well, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the ways of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desires for other things, come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, well, they hear the word, they listen well, they accept it and produce a crop 30, 60 or even 100 times what was sown. So here's the point. Here's the point of this parable, this earthly story, that, uh, an illustration that Jesus gives to reveal some great heavenly reality. The seed here obviously represents the gospel. That is the good news that through Jesus, God's rule will be established. Knowing that the seed is the good news in verse 15, Jesus then goes on to explain that there are four different responses people have to hearing him, to listening to him. And so verse 15, some are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes it away. So this is the, the hardened response to the good news of Jesus. It's where the message about what Jesus says just kind of rolls off. Um, perhaps if you've been door knocking before to kind of ask people what they believe in and whether they believe in Jesus, well, this is the person that really kind of slams the door and says, no, no, I'm, I'm right, I don't need it. Uh, and they, they want you out of there as soon as you can. It's the type of listening that really thinks, well, I don't need God. And so what happens? Satan instantly snatches God's word away from this person. Then there are others, Jesus says, verse 16, who are like the seed sown on rocky places, who hear the word, they're stoked, they're excited. This is wonderful news, this message of Jesus and what he's done in dying on the cross for me and his resurrection. Wonderful, wonderful news. I'm excited. I have great joy by this. But it says since they have no foundation, since they have no root, they only last a short time. And so as soon as some kind of bad thing comes in their path, some trouble or persecution, they're like, no, 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 I'm out of this. I don't want to have a bar of it. And so the message of Jesus, the gospel quickly falls away. It's a superficial kind of shallow response uh, to Jesus. It's a response that really, I think, keeps the good news of Jesus at arm's length. Uh, this person doesn't allow the good news of Jesus to really get into their heart and to let God do a good work in their lives, to change them to be more like Jesus. And it doesn't go anywhere. And so when trouble comes, when the, the worries and all the hard stuff they're faced with comes smack bang in their path, well, they, they bail out like a, a farmer on an unbalanced tractor. Then there's the double-minded response that people have to Jesus in there in verse 18, uh, where it says that seed sown among thorns. And this type of response is where they hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desire for other things, 
come in and start choking out the good news of Jesus. It chokes out the message of what Jesus has done. And so the person that listens in this way receives the good news of Jesus, but they don't want to really leave the comforts in this world. And so the good news is choked out. It becomes squeezed out of the picture by all the other stuff, by work, by wanting to make a quick dollar, all the things they think, well, I need to have this, I need to have this, I need to do this in order to get this. Oh, what about this? You know, worry sets in and the good news of Jesus is squeezed out. And then we have the right way to listen. This is listening well to Jesus in verse 20. So if you've got your Bibles open there, uh, have a look at that. Verse 20, it says there, Others, like seed sown on good soil, what do they do? Well, they hear the word. They listen to it closely. They accept it. They take it on board. And it produces a crop 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. So the people that listen in this way to the good news of Jesus, well, they are the good soil. Uh, where the seed grows up, it, it matures, and it produces a crop. The person who responds to Jesus takes on the good news of what Jesus has done for them, and they live by it. It changes their whole view on life, and it, it shapes their priorities. It's, this is a response where uh, the word is sown, the good news is sown, live by it. And I think the crop it's talking about... Um, Sometimes people think, well, maybe it's about uh, people who uh, look at that type of person who listen to Jesus well, and they instantly they turn to follow Jesus. And so sometimes people think that the crop, 30, 60, 100 times, is talking about people. I think, though, it also is fruit. You know, it's talking about what comes when you respond to the good news of Jesus. Like the fruit of the Spirit that you've probably heard in a different passage, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. I think it's a both end. You know, on, on one point, if you are living out the good news of Jesus, people are going to kind of sit up and take notice. Look, look, look at the way that they live in response to the message of Jesus they've heard. There's something going on, something incredible. You know, the belief, the faith that they have in Jesus is actually being lived out through obedience to Jesus, following him. And I think at the same time, people actually sit up and take notice and they, they want to know uh, the message uh, that they, they live by, the good news that they live by. You see, this response knows God's eternal kingdom, an eternal relationship with God, has only come through Jesus. It's a response that lives with Jesus as king and is obedient to all that he says. So, through all those responses, through all those different types of listening, where would you plot yourself? What response have you made to Jesus? Maybe you're someone that thinks, you don't really need Jesus as your king and that perhaps life is sweet and cosy without him. Perhaps you're someone that keeps the good news of Jesus at arm's length, not really allowing it to change you uh, because of the, you know, the, re the rejection and the, um, the payouts that you might face from others. Maybe having Jesus as your king is, is being choked out by the ways of this world, by money, by all the other things and stuff that the world throws up as great alternatives. What response have you made? Have you made the right response to Jesus? It's clear, I think, that these are all different responses to uh, Jesus and what it looks like to listen to him well. 
And in the middle of it all, we get that warning. Uh, in verse 9, Jesus says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Really, uh, Jesus is echoing the words of my professor. Listen up. Listen to this. This is something that you really want to uh, pay attention to. This is something that you want to really take on board. The warning is to listen to Jesus and to be obedient to him. So be careful what you do with that good news. It's important to make the right response to Jesus as king and put that into practice, to live that out. And I think for those who haven't responded to who Jesus is and what he has done in his death and resurrection, there's a warning there as well. Uh, it says that they'll be left in their unbelief uh, because a right response to Jesus hasn't been made, well, there's going to be no place in God's eternal kingdom. And so there's a great warning for everyone, for those who have listened well to Jesus and put it into practice and those who haven't. You see, being the good soil, that's, that's the right response to Jesus. Being the good soil means hearing the good news of what he's done, accepting it and living it out, producing a crop. It's so important to have the right response, isn't it? Uh, it's much more important to have the right response to Jesus than it is uh, to anything because the wrong response has far greater consequences uh, than anything else. And so this is what Jesus says in verse 24 uh, really about how important it is to respond to him. Verse 24 there, Jesus says, Consider carefully what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, well, even what he has will be taken away from him. See, it's important to make the right response to Jesus to be part of his kingdom. Uh, God will give according to the measure of a person's response to the good news, and that right response is what matters in the end. And the person that has that right response, the person that does listen well, well, they'll enjoy uh, sharing in God's eternal kingdom. But the person, on the other hand, who has the wrong response, well, even what he has in this life, simply be taken away from him. It's important to listen well, isn't it? So watch the punchline. What does it mean for us? Well, again, what response do you have to Jesus? What is it that is keeping you from him? Uh, to be part of God's eternal kingdom, the right response to Jesus as king is what counts. But only those who have made the right response will be part of that great kingdom. And that is those who hear the word, accept it, and put it into practice. So let me ask you, which gospel are you listening to? Which gospel are you listening to? Are you listening to the gospel of health, where you, know, you need to do everything you can in your power, exercise, go to the gym as much as possible so that you'll have the right image to fit into this life? Well, there's a part in the Bible that says that physical training is of some value, but godliness is of much greater value. What about the gospel of wealth, where everything that the world throws up to say, you need to you know, work hard in order to have this and collect as much stuff as you can to be the richest person in your street. That's what is important in life. 
There's a part in the Bible where Jesus says, what good is it to forfeit, uh, to, uh, uh, forfeit your own soul just for the basis of collecting stuff? Maybe uh, it's the gospel of wisdom. You know, and I probably see that quite a fair bit at uni, where it's trying to get the best grades that you possibly can in order to get uh, the best career, the best job at the end that you can, and then you'll be able to have wealth, you'll be able to have all the things that you want to collect and be set up for life. Perhaps it's the gospel of comfort. And I think you know, in a place like Heaven's Head, it's easy to see that that could possibly be uh, one of the gospels that's really on offer, comfort. You know, have the, the home that overlooks the beach. Don't worry about meeting up with God's people and the community of God's people in a church on Sunday morning. Let's just skip to the beach. We'll just keep the gospel the good news of Jesus at arm's length because we're set up, we want to be set up for life and enjoy comfort. Maybe it's the gospel of approval where you think, well, I need to say these things and do these things so that people are going to look at me and, and my reputation is not going to be damaged if I say that I'm a Christian. Perhaps that's the gospel that you're listening to. Maybe it's the gospel of power, thinking that if I get to the top, well, then that will be the best place for me to be. Or I get to... You know, order people around to do everything uh, where I, I get to look down on people and think I'm so much better than what they are. You know, look at me. Look, look at how high up the ladder I am. Which gospel are you listening to? What's your response to the good news of Jesus? Uh, is yours a hardened response to Jesus where you just kind of think, oh, that's all right. I don't really need to worry about you know, thinking about God and, and who Jesus is until it probably gets to the end of life and then I might worry about it then. Uh, is your response a shallow one where you kind of think, oh, well, having Jesus as king of my life, that's just way too much. Uh, I've got all these other things to, to worry about. Uh, perhaps it is being choked out by the ways of this world. The right response to Jesus is important. Now, there's obviously nothing wrong with you know, wanting to be healthy or you know, getting paid money. We all need money in order to buy things to survive. And there's nothing wrong with being you know, intelligent or wise, as I can see that a lot of you here this morning are that. But it's when all those things start crowding out the good news of Jesus, isn't it? When the number one priority becomes not so much the gospel about what Jesus has done on the cross, about his resurrection that gives us uh, eternal life in relationship with God, but health, wealth, wise, comfort, approval, power, when those things start to take over, well, that's when the danger's going to strike, isn't it? You see, the right response to Jesus as king is important. Being the good soil is what counts and what matters in the end. Having that response where it hears the good news of Jesus, accepts it and lives with Jesus as king is what counts. And in order to be part of God's huge and wonderful eternal kingdom that God graciously and lovingly says, here, here's my son Jesus, trust in him, follow him and get to enjoy this eternal relationship, not just now but forever. And often this is a hard thing to do at times, isn't it? It's just so easy to fall in the trap of thinking, well, I think life would just be much easier if I let Jesus rule in just different pockets of life but not all of life. But if we make the right response to Jesus' words, if we listen well, if we live with him as king, then one day we'll get to be part of God's eternal kingdom and a kingdom that lasts forever. So, 
let's pray that we would make the right response, that we listen well to Jesus and the good news that's found in him and that through that our lives would show uh, his love to others and people would sit up and take notice. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do ask that you would help us to consider carefully what we've heard this morning, that uh, we would know all that your son Jesus has done Uh, that his death was given on the cross for us so that we could be friends with you, that we could have forgiveness before you now, and that his resurrection was given so that we can uh, look forward to being with you in an eternal kingdom, one that uh, is so much greater than anything else in this world. Father, we pray that we would be the good soil. We pray that we would hear the word, that we would accept it, and that we would live obediently to your son Jesus and that people uh, would want to ask us what it is and who it is that we follow and that we simply give the answer that it's your son Jesus and all he's done for us. We pray this in his name. Amen.